like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hi, everyone. It's Sophia, and welcome back to Work in Progress. Today's guest is basically the original influencer, before social media stardom was even really a thing. Not content to ride the gigantic wave of YouTube popularity, she co-founded her own media and technology company, Maker Studios. After helping develop and expand the company for six years, Disney purchased Maker Studios for about $700 million. Woo! After that, our guest got back to work to start another giant project from the ground up all over again. And that is Lisa Donovan in a nutshell. Lisa wasn't only one of the pioneers of YouTube, she was one of the first content creators to cross over into mainstream entertainers when she joined the cast of Mad TV for their 2006 season and even added model to her growing resume. But at the end of the day, it was an entrepreneurial drive that motivated her to lay the groundwork for The Pattern, an app she developed and a company she is now CEO of. It's a self-actualization platform unlike anything else out there, and without a single advertisement, the pattern recently surpassed a staggering 15 million users. Ooh, I have so many questions for Lisa about what it was like to be a touchstone for YouTube as it was just becoming popular, what motivates and sustains her business success, and how she developed into who she is today and came up with this company. Getting to see a more personal side of Lisa is a rare thing. So I feel honored to have her here and I hope you enjoy today's interview on Work in Progress. Sitting down, as you know, today with Lisa Donovan, who is the founder of The Pattern. And we just went through and analyzed my pattern together, and I took a copious six pages of notes. You all know I love a little bit of curriculum. And we're going to get into how this all works. But before 
we jump into the present and how it is informed by your work, I I actually really love to go backwards first mm-hmm. with all of my guests. I I'm always so curious how a fascinating person like yourself that I'm sitting across from today wound up here. So <laughs> if we go back to the beginning, was Lisa as a child interested in the spiritual and in the psychological and in the way that people related to each other? Or were you were you thinking about completely different things? That's a great question. I I think I was always fascinated by people. Always. Really, really super curious, very interested in people, very interested in information and psychology. Definitely. I liked mm. sort of watching, asking I mean, anybody who knows, I ask a lot of questions. Some some people enjoy that, right? You're a Gemini. Same, same. Sorry. The Gemini, me too. Um, so super curious about people and what motivates them. Um, I did not grow up in a spiritual type home. It was much more you know, logical, cerebral, didn't grow up with religion. But I think looking back, I probably was connected to those things and just didn't mm. realize it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And But I did not consciously think of myself as anybody spiritual or anything like that. This came later when I discovered sort of astrology and my life took a turn and I wound up getting more on a spiritual path. But the psychology, mm. yeah, that piece of it always very interesting. Yeah, that tracks. I, I think I was very similar as a kid. And I, I guess I'm surprised to hear you say that you grew up in such a cerebral household because both of your parents are artists in their own right. So I, I suppose when That's I, right. when I, you know, discovered that fact, I, I assumed that perhaps yeah. something was, was different. Well, yeah, they were, it's just more, my dad grew up, you know, Irish Catholic, very religious. Mm. I was gonna be like a priest, but then sort of left that world. He was an Aquarius moon, like oh. you, very different, the, the out of the box guy and sort of, mm-hmm. you know, sort of left, organized religion. So we grew up in a home where like, we're not going to have any organized religion. There's no religion, you know, and we don't, and he was much more logical about it. It wasn't, there just wasn't that spirituality in the home, even though he was incredibly creative uh, Mm. person. And he, you know, his job was to be a wedding photographer, which wasn't so fun, but he made documentaries for his creative passion. And my mom was an artist, um, but also she didn't grow up in a religious home. So we just didn't have that part Mm. of it. And I think the older I got, that's what was missing from my life. Cause I think it's mind, body, spirit. And if the spirit isn't there, something is missing. And I think, um, that's, that was a huge change in my life, uh, going down that path. Yeah. Wow. I, all of my sort of systems are firing cause you're making me realize, and I've obviously thought about this a lot, but for me, I grew up in a household that was a jumble of Deeply Catholic, completely agnostic, and Jewish. Oh, yeah. My mom's Jewish. That's ah, funny. We, ah. Interesting. Hey. So, so between my family and my extended family, this sort of blending of faith traditions and ideas, I always felt very close to spirituality, but also very mm. confused about how we could fight wars when, you know, whether I went to church or synagogue, I was like, everybody's basically saying the same thing. You know, That's it's right. like, it's basically like a, it's just people trying on different sweaters. I don't understand. They're all a sweater. They're different colors and they're made of different materials, but like we're talking about sweaters. And so for me as a kid, 
I leaned into the cerebral side of spirituality and started studying religion, all different kinds of religion. I I took a a really fascinating theology course my first year at university because I had been uh, studying all of these sort of Eastern philosophies um, through early high school and then spent my senior year in high school studying Islam. And then Mm. I just wanted to know more and more and more because I started with two and I needed to understand the rest. Yeah. And so I'm fascinated by you saying that because I do think there's something about that spiritual notion that that there's something bigger, that that we are all connected by an invisible thread that's really good for us. Oh, yeah. I mean, growing up without religion, it is really terrifying because as a kid, I think I was obsessed Mm. with understanding it. And like you, I went the cerebral route. I was like, I have to understand this. How does this work? I don't understand what's happening Mm -hmm. here because I think it is terrifying if you don't. I think it's whether you're a child or an adult, if, if there isn't sort of that connection to there is something greater, I think it's not easy. Mm. You know, if it's all on you mm. and you're like, I, it's just me and, you know, and yeah. nothing else. I mean, that's, it's, it's a certain way to live. It's not, it's not easy. And I think as a kid that can be very overwhelming and mm. that's where um, religion can be really wonderful because it makes sense of things for you. And in a certain way, my spiritual path, when I started going on, I mean, the pattern itself, when you think about it really is somebody with a cerebral mind trying to make sense of yeah. Of emotions and things that are overwhelming. That's how it, it started in mm-hmm. a certain way. So yeah, I relate to what you're saying. Because you went down the the, the mm-hmm. lane of like, how do I understand this? Yeah. Well, and, it, and I, I got curious about it because the fervency of religion scared me. Yeah. Because I, I saw that I belonged to two, quote, separate religious groups. And they were mm. groups that had killed each other over their religion. Right. And I was like, this is super toxic. How how, yeah. how could you claim to believe in, uh, you know, the sanctity of life or oneness and and have a history like the Crusades? I don't understand right. this. Right. And so for me, right. what I wanted was, was to get, <laughs> which you just explained to me is how my brain works, <laughs> I wanted the 30,000-foot view. I didn't care so much for which sweater you were putting on. I wanted to understand why we all wanted a sweater. Yeah. And and to find the through line of the something special, the sacredness in you is the sacredness in me, it, it gave me an understanding that for me personally felt larger than any one faith tradition and made the world make sense. It it, right. it helped me understand why I felt like I was worshiping when I was in nature. Yes. Why the, you know, the the something larger can be the planet. It can be the thousand-year-old redwood. It can be the the spark that enabled you or me. It it really helped me um, because I was having a very hard time with the judgment, cruelty, and and killing disguised as faith. Well, but that's and that's also the difference, like being connected to spirit or whatever your connection is mm-hmm. to something greater or God or spirit, whatever you want to call it, doesn't really have to have anything to do with religion, right? Because yeah. that's the organization of that's the mm-hmm. control of it, and of course the history and crusades and all the things that have been done in the name 
of God or, or spirit, you know, yeah. is, is the corruption of it. And it's really, when I talk about spirit and being connected, it's really whatever is personal to you. Yeah. It's looking at a, a flower, taking a walk in nature, mm-hmm. talking to God, talking to spirit, whatever it is, that's yours, that's personal, mm-hmm. you know, and I think it's such a gift if that can come into your life and you can connect yeah. with that because there is, you know, we are, we are all one. It isn't us alone. Yeah. You know, this is, this is, uh, we're connected in very deep, amazing ways that yeah. we'll never really understand. And that is the mystery of, of life. Well, and I think it's so neat. I don't know. I, part of my inner child, I think is, is like seeing your inner child down the hall being like, Oh, you want to yeah. read these books too? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. Know, I didn't know a, yeah. a lot of other 14 year olds who were reading the Upanishads, but they were really helping ah. me make sense of things. That's um, amazing. And it's That's funny amazing. because when I think about it in, in terms of some of the other things you said about my pattern, about mm. always feeling a bit like an outsider, like I didn't understand this place. I, I'm like, oh, yeah, because when I was 14, I was reading those books, but not talking to my friends about it. That was my world. And then I had this school world. And yeah, a lot of things are clicking right now. And and I am curious, you know, since we're talking about, you know, Lisa as a young person, which is obviously waking up my inner Sophia as a a young person. (laughs) Now, I know you weren't raised with it, but we will be discussing how it informs us. What astrological sign was baby Lisa born under? I was born in June, so I was born under, uh, that would be Gemini. Of course, the pattern doesn't really do sun sign astrology, right. so it's not as relevant. Right, like but, my sun sign is a Cancer. Right, but, but you, your Venus is in Gemini, your moon is mm-hmm. in Aquarius. Like these, we'd say, are much more archetypally you. They right. make up, they're sort of the the energy you've been endowed with in this life to work with. So when you think about it, looking at, your signs mm. does analyzing your astrological pattern match up with the kind of kid that you were oh oh completely i mean that's what was mm. sort of incredible when i got the f- the first reading because i think i thought astrology was you know cheesy or new agey it was mm-hmm. kind of like when i was talking about doing your reading i thought of it just the sun sign way which it didn't make sense to me so everybody born in the month of june is having the exact same day and we're the exact same person yeah, it makes no, no sense but and I, I didn't think that's know. why a lot of people go, that's not for me. Exactly. But what I didn't know when I got the reading is we didn't talk about that at all. We were talking about the the moment of my birth. So we're talking about the moon that changes every, you know, two and a half days, the ascendant every two hours, very specific to me. And then it was really just a psychological breakdown of who I was and mm-hmm. made sense of all my neuroses, insecurities, fears, yeah. strengths, yeah. you know, aptitudes, the things I was going through, my mm. my relationship, the disaster of my relationship life, you know, all of it. And I was like, it was just this mirror. And I was like, wow, okay. What on earth is, you know, and the mystery sort of, I was like, well, and then my mind was like, I must figure this out. And the obsession began. And where did it come from for you? Where Where was your first touch point to that very specific I mean, I'll call it science because if we're analyzing positions of, you know, the moon and planets, NASA does that. So the idea sure. that there's something, you know, somehow unscientific about this is actually quite ironic and comical. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. as I've learned more about it, I'm more and more fascinated by it. Where, where did you first intersect with true astrology, not the mm. your zodiac sign is nonsense? Well, I, you know, I had a very different 
life and different path before this one I was on. I had a whole other business and was running this business. And it was at a time in my life when my life was sort of, (laughs) I need to come up with a more graceful way of talking about it, but I'm mostly just like, it was just falling Mm -hmm. apart. Like in my sort of personality or ego, whatever you call it, however I define myself, what I saw my life as, the people in my life, the things I was going to do, all of it just was gone very Mm -hmm. quickly. And the illusion of what I believed in so thoroughly and was so sure of was completely shattered. And I was like, oh, I know nothing. Okay. Which is kind of the most incredible moment of my life because there's incredible liberation when you spend your life trying to fix everything, please everybody, work your ass off. And then you realize in a certain way you failed at doing that. And then you're like, oh, what a relief to just dive into the failure and, and, uh, or what I would have defined as failure and just be me and be real about that. And I was sort of in a very open, vulnerable sort of place and realizing my mind did not know it all. And I was not going to be able to figure it all out with my head and just I was with a friend and she happened to be talking about astrology. I was like, maybe I'll do one of those. Maybe I'll have the answer. I don't know. (laughs) And I did. I had a reading. And like I said, it was just, how the fuck did you know all that about me? Like, what? You know, and of course, then my mind was like, I have to figure it out. I have to figure it out. I have to nail it down and understand it. But that that actually was the start of what I'd say, a new chapter Mm -hmm. in my life and an openness to not being as in control and an openness to spirit and the mystery that is life and being in that flow instead of trying to control the flow of life. (laughs) And there it began. It's so wild to think about the fact that you were one of the earliest people doing things in the digital space. I mean, your, your first YouTube videos from 2006, what, what made you decide to, to start a channel? I mean, you were, you were really one of the original online creators. Oh, yeah. Long time ago. Yeah. That was when YouTube was, I mean, it was really, really early days. There was like tiny, tiny community, mostly just people making videos in the room. And it was really exciting seeing the site because you're like, what is this? And they're commenting and we're talking to each other. And I um, was editing at the time and doing a little bit of, my brother's an actor. I was doing a little bit of acting. I was like, oh, this is incredible, you know, and this is going to be the future of everything. And it seems so sort of obvious in a certain Mm -hmm. way. And and made the video and it, you know, the first video at a channel, it's called Lisa Nova. And it was, you know, just sort of took off, but it was at a time before it was, you know, monetized. So you kind of had to like make the videos and you had these people watching, but there's no money. It was a very interesting yeah. thing. Cause in this tiny niche, you had all these people that really cared about this, <laughs> these silly videos you're making, but the rest of the world had absolutely no idea what you're talking yeah. about. And it was a lot of like, why are you doing that? I don't understand, you know, and then did that for many years, for three years. And that was sort of that experience sort of helped inspire co-founding Maker Studios, which was, you know, a studio for YouTube content creators. And again, it was this group of content creators or talent, whatever you call it, that were, there was just sort of a hole in that nobody was sort of taking care of those, that kind of talents. We're like, okay, we'll help make videos for them. We'll have a studio model, we'll manage, we'll help with advertising, all those kinds of things. And so I wound up being on the business end and moved away from the uh, creating content. And that was a whole creative experience learning about running a business. (laughs) When did you guys start Makers? That was 2009. So three years of my channel. And then the first couple of years I was doing a lot of the channel because it was, I was the one with um, the credit and 
So I was just going into a tremendous amount of debt and had a bunch of leases and things in my name. It was just, I just went all in on this thing. And so anytime I was making money or doing anything, it was going right back into the, the business. And then a couple of years in, I wound up just being on the business end. And yeah, because that was a, you were one of the first people who got to monetize their YouTube channel, right? Yeah. Google. I was like, I forgot how many there wow. were of us, but yeah, that, that was, um, Google had bought YouTube and, and then, you know, the thought was, okay, now we're going to have enough to really live off of. And yeah. it didn't matter how many millions of views you got. The CPMs, you know, the, the clicks per thousand were still pretty low. So, mm-hmm. again, the idea of Maker was, okay, if we join forces and we work together, we can mm. help each other. So what is the what is the ethos of Maker Studios? I mean, that was just about sort of empowering the uh, content creator. It was a very specific mm-hmm. time where you could just be – somebody in your home. I mean, this is, we take this for granted now, but then it was this idea of like, no, you could just, you don't have to be the richest person in the world, but you can make your living creating content and just being you and, and doing what excites you and sharing your sort of niche life and message. And let's empower you to do that. It was, you know, this is all overused stuff now, but that it was a lot of like, we're democratizing, you know, entertainment and content. And it was sort of the changing of the guard and the shifting of, um, how content was made. So it was a lot about that, really just empowering the creator. Mm. I mean, that that was an era of such a major leap in terms of access and in terms of even the amount of information available. Yeah. I, I think about you guys growing, you know, co-founding the studio and then growing this online media world. Yeah. And then the company got bought by the Walt Disney Company. Yeah. I mean, that's major. That's a major statement and deal. Was was that exciting? Was it exciting? And and was there a a sense of goodbye? Like mm. what? How, how how was that to be acquired by such a big yeah. company? Yeah, again, I mean, it's so much in life is timing, and it was just it was incredible timing to be on YouTube at that time and, you know, put in those 10,000 hours and the timing of Maker and then, mm. again, the timing of Disney coming along. And it, again, it is Disney. So you take that very seriously when Disney comes along. And yeah, yeah, it was, it was very exciting. I mean, there's so many things going on at that time and so many details we don't need to get into. But yeah, I mean, it'd been eight years, three years of my channel, five years of the company. And also nobody was really focused on the YouTube content creator at that time. And we had this moment of coming in and being that for them. And I think I saw that mm. eventually kind of YouTube would wind up being our competitor too. And this was great timing. We were sort of at the apex of of where the company was going to be. And it was sort of a great opportunity to go there. And And it's not really about me, you know, like it was about the greater thing and the greater company and what's best for everybody. So sure, there is, oh, you're letting go of this thing, but it, I don't have like, oh, it's it's all about me or, you know, possessive of that. It was like, well, what is best for everybody? And this was yeah. the best thing for everybody. And so many people who work for us were, you know, friends and family. And, you know, it was just making good on yeah. this thing that you you were trying to tell everybody, you know, you're moving people out to California and changing their lives and giving up their jobs and going for it. And you wanted to make good on it. And it was a great moment and mm-hmm. opportunity. And I was happy to help be a part of that happening. And and I was I was personally ready. I was I was burnt out on YouTube. I don't think I went on YouTube for years after that. I was like, I never need to see a YouTube video again. So you guys got acquired. And then what? So the year leading up to that is kind of also when my life was falling apart. So I was going through a lot of transitional stuff. Things were transitioning. Life was 
changing in so many ways. And I was changing and who I was was changing. And I now had this sort of astrology reading, this new passion. And so I just dove deeper into that passion. And shortly after, just was like, this was incredible. This helped navigate my life. I would love to figure out a way to share this with the world. And how do I mimic my experience in a way that's scalable? And that's when I was like, I'll do that. If we go back to your first reading, which has obviously inspired your current work and company and the app and everything, what what was it? What was it about that that was so special to you? What took it from, oh, that woo-woo-y thing that people do that I don't believe in to this is this is actually major. I had no idea. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it was that being completely mirrored. You know, we talked about you having Saturn. I have heavy Saturn too. Just the way he spoke about the certain sense of deficiencies, certain need to to work so hard, the heaviness of needing to prove yourself again. Certain aptitudes, certain fears, such specific things. You mm-hmm. know, the things I dealt with in my romantic relationship lives, like these patterns of behavior and Mm. the course my life had taken. And I just, I don't even think I said anything. It was mostly just being told the stuff. And I got off just sort of like, what? Mm. And again, I'm very curious. You know, I want to know everything. I've had a million jobs. I want to learn. This was like, ah, wow. Wow. Okay. This is like, what just happened? And I wanted to know more. And then I sort of dove in trying to understand it. And again, what's beautiful about it is there's a mystery to this. You know, what what I shared with you or what is being shared with me, we are saying the fact that my moon was in Gemini at the time of my birth, that there is meaning behind that. There is mystery. <laughs> so, of course, my mind was always trying to lock it down and like, how is this perfectly logical and I can understand? And then there was this giving over to the mystery of life and diving, mm-hmm. and that opened me up to more of this spiritual side of my life. Because there is something quite a lot like faith. Yeah. Where there's a lot about the stories you're hearing that make sense. Mm-hmm. And then you have to trust. And yeah. I will say, you know, going through the pre-call to this episode with you, having you kind of point out all of the very specific things, as you said, about every part of my chart mm. that gave me goosebumps over and over again, because they're very particular. Yeah. And and I, I didn't know before that there are certain parts of the planetary positioning that change every two hours, yeah. you know, that, that it's that accurate. And what's funny about this, and I, I didn't tell you this when we were uh, not recording, but for a long time, I had my birth time wrong mm. and charts weren't accurate for me. Yeah, I was like, no, that's never happened. No, that's not how I feel. No. Yeah. And, and my mom corrected me on the time. And literally everything got very specific to the point that it's almost eerie. Yeah. I've had people say that to me. That's what I love about mm-hmm. I mean, I've had it where I've done charts like that and it's not making sense. And I was like, bizarre. I was like, maybe your times are, and sure enough, the time will be wrong. Wow. And I was like, there okay. we go. So we're talking about this wild, you know, science and mystery combined together in this arena of practice. Mm-hmm. And you spent years developing the app for the pattern, which is yeah. your current work. For for listeners who are unfamiliar with it, can you tell us what it is? And then I want to ask about how you created it. Sure. Um, I like to think of it as a way to better understand yourself and to connect with others in a deeper way. 
um, this woman, I shouldn't take credit for it. She wrote this article about, it and she said, it's sort of Myers-Briggs meets Brene Brown. I, I love that uh, description, but it's, it's really a way to better understand yourself and the patterns mm-hmm. and dynamics in your life, the algorithms, methodologies, all astrology based. There is no astrology in the app because I wanted people to just be able to get the wisdom, have the experience mm-hmm. of feeling seen and understood. I wanted to be yeah. the sort of safe place to feel seen and understood because I think it's what we all want. It's what I want. It's what I think everybody really wants to feel like, okay, I'm being seen and we can't always get that in our lives or from the people in our lives. And that's what's sort of beautiful about this because it can be sort of a mirror for that. And then there's mm-hmm. a relaxing a relaxing into who you are, surrendering into who you are because mm-hmm. usually you know who you are and that's, but you're being defined by culture, family or friends and you're really off course and perhaps I was in my life too. And when I got this reading and he told me everything I already know, you can be like, all right, I can stop. <laughs> I can stop fighting mm-hmm. against my, my, my nature and just let myself be. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that is really impactful for me to consider when thinking about how something like this might just provide a little lift yeah. or uh, an answer to a puzzling question that I can't quite answer by myself mm. is is really again to lean on the science. You know, if if the position of the moon is strong enough to move the ocean, right? It's obviously strong enough to affect my body, which is seventy two percent water. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And to understand gravity, gravitational pull, planetary movement helps us really lean into science. And when I think about as I said, just being affected by that, Mm. to be able to dip into something like the pattern, which says this is a moment of heaviness. These things are coming up in the world. It's just a nice reminder to go, ah, that might be why I feel a little intense this week. That's right. And maybe instead of beating myself up about why I'm not sleeping better or, or why I can't seem to get it all done today, I can go, oh yeah, this is a really intense planetary time. That's right. I would imagine everyone on Earth is feeling this. Right. Just cool. like the seasons. You know it's winter. Mm-hmm. It's a season. There are seasons with the planets and mm-hmm. things are moving. And and like I said to you when we did your chart, it's about the moment of your birth as above, so below. So where the planets are in the sky at the time of your birth, you or any individual, that is the creative expression of that person, that single moment in time. Mm-hmm. You know, And it's a blueprint for the conscious, aware path mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. we'll go off of it. But it's a way to sort of be like, okay here's here's a way to be sort of more in touch. A lot of times we beat ourselves up for feeling certain things or feeling like we're not mm-hmm. enough. And this is also a way to say, okay, well, I haven't done anything wrong. Maybe there's intention to why mm-hmm. things are the way they are. And mm-hmm. I always say too, while we're saying you're maybe fated to deal with these kinds of energies, I don't believe in predictive astrology. It is always your choice how you choose to deal with anything, and that's your destiny, mm-hmm. and everybody has free will. So somebody with your exact same chart will have a very different life experience. Yeah. yeah. So I'm curious because we're talking about the specific, specific, specific things that exist for each of us, yet this is an app that anyone can sign up to use. So how does it work? What did the years of development that went into this consist of? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I was like, oh, I'm going to make this app. This will be super easy. No problem. 
and you know, and that wasn't, it wasn't, that was like seven years ago. Cause I thought I could just hire somebody to do it and write it. And that was impossible. Cause I was trying to mimic my experience. So I wound up um, sort of chasing this astrologer around the world, like wherever he was going, I'd show up and be like, can I get you for like a week at a time? Will you sit with me? He was, you know, doing his stuff and living his life. So I'd get him and I'd just start extracting the information and trying to understand it. So I was going to kind of take something as an oral tradition and figure out how to put it in a system that could be an algorithm. And that was a whole process. So, you know, it's, it's getting in, understanding it, creating the algorithms, uh, working with a coder who's going to understand those things, and then starting to write the content. And that that took the longest. That took years and years and years because wow. it, I wanted it to be really deep, as we say, go deeper. I wanted there to be a mm-hmm. lot because I knew as a user, I couldn't find anything that went deep enough for me and synthesized yeah. all of it and made sense of the entire holistic picture of who you were. And so I became, you know, channeled my Saturn or my obsessive energies into to this. And it was also at a time when I was going through stuff. So it was kind of a catharsis for me in a way to process and understand my own journey. So I think they were mm-hmm. in parallel what was happening and sort of what fed the the building of this. And so that, that was just years of writing and and my father was sick at the time, so I wound up moving home, and I, I stayed there for years, and you know, with my a couple years with my mom as well after my father passed, and just I'd write, you know, all day and eat dinner with mom and do it again the next day, and um, just do it, and do it, and do it until it felt like it was there was enough, and it just kept building mm. on the system, and and then um, we were in a beta, and that started to get shared. I was and on that. You were on the original. Wow. Yeah. Because then. My it friend just, Penny was like, oh, I'm yeah. going to get you on this thing. Penny Thaw. Yeah. yeah. She, she's great. She's wonderful. She's one Incredible. of the early, early. She's the second time she's come up in a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, but one day it really, it really just took off because there was, I'd given it to like 25 people, you know, and maybe there was people sharing it. But then one day it was like, I woke up and there was like 30,000 people there. And I was like, what? And I was just <laughs> being like, what is happening? You know, looking around like what? And then from that day on, it's just been this sort of word of mouth thing, you know, friends yeah. sharing it with friends. And I think great. word of mouth is such a compliment too for any kind of service that grows like this. I mean, you've got 15, over 15 million profiles on, mm-hmm. on the pattern now. The fact that it's worked or helped or given comfort or ideas sparked thoughts for so many people that they tell Mm. all of their friends must feel pretty amazing. Yeah. It's a, it's incredible. It's like the mystery of the whole thing to, you know, how how that even happens. I was like, it it just did, you know, it was like that. If you build it, they will come. I was was like, you know, cause you don't know you're sitting in your room writing this stuff, like a crazy person, you know, (laughs) no life. And you don't know that anybody's going to think this is interesting. So it was it was wonderful to know that it was of service because you know you're writing so in depth and I think there was those things like is anybody going to really want to read that much because I would but would anybody else mm-hmm. and so that was just wonderful to know people were enjoying it and it mm-hmm. it was in service to something yeah and that the seven years that you and these experts spent mm-hmm. figuring out how to do this. Mm-hmm have been so generative for so many people. I I also have to point out that it's very cool for us to be talking about this, not only because of the subject matter, but in public. Um, Because up until this past summer and the interview that you did with Vanity Fair, 
people didn't know that you were the founder. They didn't know where this came from. Yeah. And I'm curious, what was behind that decision or desire to keep yourself private for so long? It was so amazing how it was just growing on its own. And I was like, this is great. Why do I need to get involved? You know, like, it's just great. It's happening. Um, That's a whole thing, you know, to put yourself out in the world like this. I I think I do. It's not something I like dream of or like love, you know, but I, I, I think there was probably certain fear around doing that and, and just loving that it had its own life and not wanting to intrude on that. And because then you're connected to something, there can be a lot of projection. It's a lot of energy put mm. at you, especially with something that is so yeah. emotional for people and so mm. powerful for them. You All of a sudden that can get projected on you. So there's all those kinds yeah. of thoughts. But when you're trying to grow a business, at some point you have to communicate and you have to be transparent, you have to talk to people. So I, I knew it was probably going to have to come and and it didn't. It's actually been wonderful. Everybody's so nice and wonderful, and mm-hmm. it's not as um, it's not as terrible as I thought. Everybody's really wonderful, and it's great. But yeah, so if amazing. if I like could have, I probably never would have, and it would have been cool. Wouldn't it have been if it was just a mystery and like, what yeah. is this app? Where did it? Come Who from? did this? Yeah, it's just that's that. But again, I I I think that it the fact that it's grown to tens of millions of people, and you didn't have to. Right. Go out and hustle for coverage. I yeah. Mean, it, it really did this because of what it offers. And, right. And I think it's cool that upon its success, you've been able to also take ownership and yeah. explain it to people and invite people in. I, yeah. I really wonder if, especially after this year, you know, so many people are feeling burned out. The reports of burnout are going through the roof, whether it's from the pandemic or this, you know, incredibly tense culmination of five years of insane politics, you know, work stresses, social movements. I I wonder, do you see astrology? Do you see some of these little, uh, hey, pay attention to this sort of light bulbs that the app can provide? Do do you see that as a tool to help with burnout? Oh, definitely. And I think, I mean, that's just been with all the intensity and tension in the world and all the things, there's also been this growing awareness that people are having or desire for mm-hmm. things like, you know, meditation and understanding themselves better and um, yeah. going sort of deeper into their own psyche and feelings and emotions. And so mm-hmm. it is interesting. And astrology certainly is now having this moment, you know, it, when I started it seven years ago, it wasn't quite there. And, you know, and that was also part of why we didn't put astrology in the app, you know, just to make sure there was no barrier to entry. So people would just use it without being turned off by it. But now I think people are looking for tools. It's a part of life. And I feel like Mm -hmm. all the young people too are way more conscious coming into this world. They're like, I can't believe. Yeah. I mean, I just, people were 20 when I was 20. I was so far away from the consciousness I see of a lot of young people. And it just seems like part of their nature to seek and search and understand. And I think, yeah, especially this year, what we've gone through collectively, I think it's taken everybody deeper and everybody mm. wants something that's more authentic and real. And all these tools, there's so many. And the pattern is, you know, just, just one of them, I, um, mm. a way to go in and explore and, and feel like it can help with things like burnout or anxiety or anything that, that you're going through. I'm also curious about connection because 
you're talking about giving people the opportunity to connect to ideas or truths outside of themselves. But the pattern has added a new feature that's actually called connect Mm -hmm. and it helps connect users on the platform with potential romantic matches. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm really excited about that. Mm -hmm. I, (laughs) I actually don't even think he knows this, but just to make sure I wasn't completely losing my mind with how great um, my relationship with my fiance felt like very quickly I plugged his information into the pattern and I was like, oh, wow, this actually has really, really cool stuff to say. All right. That's, that's a nice little nod. Um, But I, I realized actually prepping for our call today that I, I should have him, you know, properly sign up so we get little notifications about each other's yes. stuff. Um but I I'm wondering, you know, I've I've never been on a dating app. Yeah. Like I've never I've never been on Raya or Tinder or any of those things. So I don't know what they offer, but I imagine Connect is pretty different from other mm-hmm. partnership apps like mm-hmm. you know, even a website like an eHarmony or a Bumble. Yeah. Um how how is this different? Yeah, the big differentiator is, well, it's also based on, you know, the pattern is about going deeper in general, Mm -hmm. right? And being more authentic and being comfortable with all the parts of who you are. And so Mm -hmm. connect is the next octave of that, you know, and taking it to the relationship realm. So one, when you go on, it is, you know, typical of how you might be on other dating apps and you're looking at profiles Um, and you're looking at people, and when you see something that looks interesting, before you can connect with that person, you need to run what's called the bond. And so you're getting a sense of your relationship right away, whether you have something extraordinary or challenging or your soulmates, and there's content with it. So it's already telling you this is a life-changing kind of connection, or this is a karmic link. So then from that point, you can choose to connect with that person, and you're already starting from this place, ideally, of having an opportunity to go right into something that's that's real and deeper and instead of just sort of the glossy fake like look at me yeah instead of know. someone's five best photos it's exactly. like you're both very cerebral and prone to anxiety exactly. and you're, and like, you're oh, like oh i can yes. talk to this person about that exactly <laughs> exactly and um yeah so just start from that place that's that's mm. just a bit more real that's so cool yeah. so would you ever say cuz i know people will ask you know, what are the most compatible signs? Yeah. I I don't feel like we do that, right? No, because um, I don't do sun sign astrology. So yeah. it's going to be based on, you know, our algorithms. I think that's what's been so great and as what people really feel good about the app is that they've, they've, they sort of speak for themselves in a certain way. And, and yeah. I think, uh, you know, we worked really hard on creating some pretty robust algorithms that Mm-hmm. match you in these very specific and detailed ways. So we look at moon and Venus and Mars and ascendant. And um, mm. Are you already hearing success stories from users? Yeah, it's so funny. I just before oh. this, they just sent me one in Slack from this this guy who found his soulmate and was just like, he wrote the most amazing thing. And I was like, oh, oh my God. Because <laughs> we're just in beta, but it's going so well. And there's already oh, 100,000 people and... 10 million swipes. Actually, there's more. I think we're like 120, wow. 10 million swipes. And, you know, it's just a beta, but we're getting all this incredible feedback and working so everything out. Working. And then, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty exciting. And yeah, and getting feedback like that, that somebody 
you know, found their soulmate and they're just, and they were soulmates in the app. They actually, their bond was wow. a soulmate level and you were like, yay. Yeah. That is so cool. cool. So are there other features based on the ability that you guys have? Are there other features you're working on adding in the future that will continue to kind of create new avenues in the pattern? Yeah. I always, I mean, the pattern is the core. We're not like turning into a dating app. That is a feature within it. Sort of like the, you know, the door you can open or you can ignore it if you want. So we're always going to be improving your experience with the pattern and creating more content. And there'll be also different kinds of relationship content that you can read you know, work, boss, coworker, family, parent, child. And I think also, you know, content that supports your pattern, you know, things that can support whatever you're going through, whether it's anxiety or, mm. or depression or, you know, and also making sure, because we have so many people that constantly ask, can you put it in our language? So localizing and other languages and very cool. So yeah, lots. It's like, it's just seven years in, but we're just getting started. So wow. I love that. So you're obviously inspiring so many people, you know, with the app and with the content and and the ways that you're encouraging people to think about things. Who do you go to for inspiration? (laughs) I feel really lucky in that I have a few very dear, dear friends where I feel seen. And her, I think being seen and understood is a very rare thing in life. And, and I, mm-hmm. I feel very lucky because I have some people in my life who I talk to every day that I, that's inspired. Those are such rich relationships that I cherish mm-hmm. so much. And, and I have uh, other people that I work with in different ways um, that inspire me, you know, um, outside of just astrology, but other kinds of spiritual work and different mm. people I connect with that are incredible. So yeah, I have to keep my own uh, energy levels yeah. up and groundedness. And I definitely do that through the connections in my life. I love that. When you think about this moment, you have achieved so much in multiple fields, multiple business verticals, if you will. When you look back at the landscape of your career, are there are there little firework moments, the things you're kind of most proud of so far? I never think about that. Jeez. It's so funny when you're in things and you're doing them or you're building them. Or it doesn't seem like that's what's happening. You're just mm. in the flow of your life. You're just making this, like, you know, making the pattern. It's not, there's no guarantee it's going to be something. You're just moving and creating yeah. and living and doing but I think the things I'm most proud of are probably things nobody will ever know about. You know, these are the small moments in life. It's the, yeah. the things that nourish you, whether it's how you connect with somebody or treat somebody or when you're authentic to yourself and you're in your integrity. And those smaller moments really, I think, are the things that I'm most proud of. I don't even know why the question came to me, but in in – you know, a moment of self-reflection, I thought about, you know, what are the questions I want to ask myself regularly? Mm-hmm. What, are the, what are the ways to check in with self when it's time to do that? At the end yeah. of every week or the end of the year when you're thinking about the new year. And for the last couple of years, I've, I've regularly asked myself, are you proud of the person that you are when no one is watching? That's right. <laughs> and I am even more proud of the person I am when no one is watching than when there's eyes on me. Definitely. Because I I know how much work I do 
especially for others mm. that no one no one publicly knows about. Mm. What happens in public is a fraction of what it takes. And I don't know. I, I, I'm not exactly sure why the way that you answered that question brought that to mind, but it feels kind of similar that you're saying that some of your proudest moments don't have to do with the things that might earn a public accolade, but, but yeah. that were, were really authentic and genuine and, and in integrity. Cause that's it. I mean, that's the thing. Cause it doesn't matter what you do outside or what you look like. It's always mm-hmm. going to come back to how yeah. you feel inside yourself. So yeah, it's going to, it's when those things are off, or you're not in that, you know, it doesn't matter what you've accomplished out there. So I think I, I yeah, mm. I relate to what you're saying and mm. that is how it feels. And sometimes those things even feel removed from you, you know, I, yeah, yeah, no, I know how yeah. this company, I know I did this, but it's not about that, you know, day to day. It's about yeah. how you commune with people and, and how mm-hmm. you feel about yourself and in yourself. Yeah. And the, the ways that you continue to show up, obviously, mistakes and failures in stride we all have them but i think if you can take them in as as lessons and continue better today than you were yesterday i i think that that's really a wonderful goal and i think that that's why the space that you've built has been so helpful to so many people because understanding where you exist in this larger landscape of the planet and other planets can sometimes let just enough air out of that pressure balloon to make it a little easier to get to tomorrow. Yeah, because, I mean, we touched on this earlier, but we spend a lot of time, you know, we're defined by our environment and our culture and our family and parents and all that stuff, and we get very lost in that. And that's, Mm -hmm. you know, when we disconnect from our soul or our heart or whatever it is, and we just go off trying to be something in somebody else's Mm -hmm. eyes or prove something to someone, which I have... I did for the better part of my life, you know, and that's where I think my life changed with this and being on this path is because I couldn't live that way anymore with myself. Mm-hmm. I had to be more aligned with my integrity. And I think that's the hope of the pattern too, is like, can, is there something that is said or something that speaks to you that brings you back to yourself mm-hmm. uh, so that life is more enjoyable and fulfilling mm-hmm. and you feel Uh, more at peace with yourself. So when you think about that, that kind of self-awareness and the propensity we all have for Mm self-improvement, for better connection to ourselves and to each other, what what are the hopes that you have for how people can or will approach those concepts? Yeah, I mean, that's the design of the pattern was that in a way of, again, without having the astrology, if we just give you this information, is there something that is going to help you in some way to surrender more into yourself and be more at peace with yourself and remind you mm. of what you know to be true so you can get away from the the fakeness that we all go down at some point because we are all pressured by the world around us. And can that bring more peace and hope and light to your life? Mm. And can you try and connect with others on the app too? Because if I go look at your profile, because that's how it was for me, it was such, it was so eye-opening to be able to look at people's charts and see what they were going through and who they were. And it gave me such perspective because people go through life thinking people hate them, they're judging them. 
when no, you don't know their whole background. You don't know what they're going through. You also don't know your pattern together. There are dynamics mm -hmm. that are going to create insecurity when you're around that person. It has nothing to do with what they think or feel. So perspective was a big part of this. I wanted people to be able to understand where somebody else was coming from, yeah. not take things personally. Because then again, life is just it's 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 just a nicer experience with a little bit of perspective because we yeah. i think we can fall into feeling like victims of our lives and very disempowered by our lives mm -hmm. and the hope here really is to feel empowered through this information and and understanding other people as well i mean it all feels incredibly inspiring and i i wonder for people who are inspired by you or or people who look up to you is is there advice that you would give <laughs> <laughs> uh, just general life advice i think fear is a is a big uh i think we can all get caught in a lot of fear you know i know mm -hmm. i have certain times in life and so i'd say go into that fear as much as possible whatever you're most afraid yeah. of so that it doesn't have that power over you and don't be so afraid of what i and i know this is like cliche you know it's it's not even about being afraid of failure. Don't be afraid of, of being you, being the most you, the most successful, the most full you. I think we can be just as afraid of that, you know, and it's almost easier to not even try. And so I think dive into whatever is the scariest, dive into whatever your fears are. Sometimes there's great relief in that. I talked about that earlier in the times, mm -hmm. I would say the most amazing I ever felt were like moments after I'd failed or failed in what I thought was failure because you spend so much time trying to avoid it. Your whole life is defined. You know, you're such yeah. a victim of what you're so afraid of. And then you go into it and you're like, oh, it wasn't at all what I thought. And you can just I'm move fine. on. It's totally <laughs> fine. It's not yeah. what I thought. So, so just be bold and go for it because you're not here forever. And none of mm. so much of this crap is an illusion. And the things you're afraid of right now, like 10 years from now, you'll be like, can you believe I even cared about that? Yeah. You know, and none of it, none of that, a lot of the things that, that we're most afraid of really matter in the end. And, uh, and nobody, mm. nobody is thinking about you <laughs> as much as you think they are judging you as much as you think they are. That's mostly just our crazy minds judging ourselves. Mm. Yeah, everyone's too busy judging themselves to be judging you. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the way that you speak about things, and, and it feels to me like the, the way you encourage other people to look inward and offer themselves permission to grow, it, it really leans into the theme of the show, into progress, into mm. learning. And I, I wonder for you, what would you say today, this year, this moment in your life is your work in progress. So much still. The first step is being aware of some of your patterns and behavior, whether it's mm -hmm. you're not enough or proving yourself, anxieties. So I think these are things you have to contend with always. They get less loud, but certainly there's perfectionism. There's, there's still things I'll get hung up on, you know, and I have to mm. let myself be and be like, you're enough and it's okay. And that thing of not being enough and that you're you're lovable. I mean, they, I'm not, it's not as extreme as it used to be, but that you are enough, that I am enough and just as mm -hmm. I am, flaws and mess and all, that I'm enough. It's a thing day to day. I have to let go of and surrender all the time. Hmm. Surrender is 
tough one. That's a big one. That That's takes some work one. already. Yeah, because you surrender <laughs> one part, you, you you shatter one part of your ego, and another one just grows, you know, and you're like, yeah. got to shatter that one. I think it's a, it's a constant growth and surrendering there, but no question. I'm not nearly as hard on myself as I used to be, but, but there's still things and moments and places. One step at a time. Step at a time. How about you? I think for me to really own what's working is hard. Mm. I feel like I haven't done anything in my life. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Yeah, so figuring out how to own what I have is, um, is a big Mm. It's a big one. It is funny. The older I get, that, that's what's really the things that make me happy are very small things. You know, like yeah. it's just a cup of coffee, the hanging with a friend. I'm like, I don't even oh, I don't even want the big things anymore. I'm more like, how do I just get to like my little farm somewhere? Yeah. And well, for me, <laughs> it's, 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 you know, it's less about needing big things and and more about trying to figure out why I'm so proud of everybody else. Mm. And I go, eh, at my own accomplishments right. or wins or whatever. And I, I guess really that's just a signal of, of a larger idea. I think my work in progress is learning to love myself as well as I love others. Right. And what we spoke about in your chart, classic mm-hmm. Saturn, which I have too. Classic. It doesn't matter what Who you knew? Yeah. It's really, that is the thing. It's, it's a path of self-love because it doesn't matter mm-hmm. how many boxes you check or what you accomplish. It, it'll never be enough because it's, that's not the point. The point is mm-hmm. that you are enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh. <laughs> Going deeper. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for today. I'm, wow. I'm excited to get our listener feedback and find out who's using the app, who signs yeah. up for the app, uh, and what they learn from it. It's it's a very special thing that you've built. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Very grateful. Yeah. You're amazing. This podcast is amazing. And thank you.